Sales Paradise, Episode 21. How many of us hate making cold calls? On today's episode, we're going to find out not only why so many of us hate this, but also we're going to talk about how one out of every two B2B sales reps actually fear making cold calls. Stay tuned and we'll find out what to do about it. This is Sales Paradise. Now here's your host, our dad, Chandler Barron. <laughs> All right, on today's episode, we have Julie Thomas. Julie's the CEO of Value Selling and also the author of Value Selling, Driving Sales Up One Conversation at a Time. Welcome to the show, Julie. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. I'm thrilled to be speaking with you. Great. Well, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and also your company. Well, thanks, Chandler. Well, um, I'm Julie Thomas, and I'm with Value Selling Associates. I've been in business-to-business sales for a long time, roughly 30 years. I spent 16 years uh, selling and then becoming a sales manager and sales leader at a company called Gartner Group, uh, which is now Gartner Inc. in the technology industry. And in that role, became introduced to the value selling framework. It was the sales methodology we used to spurn the growth of Gartner Group at the time. And joined Gartner Group, um, or joined value selling now almost 16 years ago, and have been running value selling. And we're a B2B sales methodology firm. We partner with business-to-business sales organizations that are struggling to maximize the sales productivity of their reps. And they use our training, our skills, our tools to see those productivity metrics improve and their results improve as a result of that. Well, you know, you mentioned about like how long you guys have been, how how long you've even been in this. Um, I'm just curious, like, do you occasionally come across a sales rep that just loves prospecting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that that I, I worked with this rep years ago, he worked for me, and he was the most diligent prospector on our team. I mean, he had discipline, he had call blocks on his calendar, and he did not miss them. Um, And I assumed that he did that because he enjoyed it, that that brought him gratification. And I asked him that at one point, and he said, absolutely not. I don't (laughs) enjoy this. I don't enjoy this at all. But I know that this is a critical success factor for me to meet the goals that I want to meet, both for my business and then to have, um, you know, the financial uh, results that I want to have personally to support my family. Yeah, if we could all just keep our mindset that way all the time. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, the study because it's actually much more than you know code calls. It it gets into the the entire um, I guess science of uh, you know the prospecting. So uh, tell us a little bit about the study and, and what you guys found out. Absolutely, would be happy to talk to uh, this study. So we went and we surveyed a bunch of sales professionals and ask them what's easy, what's difficult, what gets you results, um, how are you prospecting today? And we found some really interesting data as a result of this. And one of them was that people 
are not picking up the phone or even considering that the phone can still be an effective communication tool to get those first appointments. Well, if we can talk a little bit about, I'm looking at one section of the study, it mentions the top five biggest challenges to get your team to do outbound prospecting. Um, Like even the, the first one, I'm looking at it, it says, being organized and consistent with outreach efforts, 60%. And I feel like, um, which I know a lot of them are pretty, matter of fact, I'll read them off, um, giving up too early or too easily when code calling, 53%. Fear of picking up the phone and making calls, 48%. Finding and accessing the right decision maker, 42 Unskilled at using social media for prospecting, 38 It seems like a lot of these are fixable. I mean, you know, as far as even, so let's, let's, the first one, being organized and consistent, is that something that is comes with their training or is that just maybe their manager having more of a process or what are you seeing there? I think it's a combination, Chandler. I think we see a few things. Number one, one of the things that we often do with clients is an exercise where we try to figure out, hey, how many prospects do you really need to get? And then back that into how many contacts do you think you need to outreach to get that many meetings and things like that? When we do that exercise, kind of reverse engineer to get um, a sense of what the activity has to be it to support the goals that they have. Many of our clients, like the jaws drop, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea, hadn't thought of it that way. I'm not doing enough. But the second part of organization, and I think this is basic, fixable, but people haven't been thinking this way, is they have to allocate the time and manage their calendars to to meet those activity goals. And so we literally, when we work with a client in prospecting, we do a little bit of classroom training, we go back up to the bullpen jump on a phones and have people do a call block of one hour, start to finish. You don't do anything but dial in this hour. And it's fascinating. We've had people set more meetings in that one hour than they had in the previous month. We've had sales teams make more connections on the phone than they have in, in the weeks prior to that in one hour. So what we're teaching them is, hey, if you really deliberately focus and start to block out your time and make these calls, you will improve your efficacy and your connect rate and ultimately your conversations just by that focus. Because normally what happens is they make a call, they hang up the call, they go get another cup of coffee, they tell somebody about the call, they send the email follow-up. And it's just not a very organized, cadence-based, systematic approach to prospecting. Well, you know, it's amazing, even beyond, you know, this type of setting, that really, it works uh, in other parts of our life, too. Because I I was just thinking, like, like my garage, I had spent a lot of time as far as, you know, trying to clean up different things and organize things as I went along, you know, doing a little bit at a time. But then recently, I just set a a big... uh, you know, plot of time to where I focused on nothing but that. It was amazing how much more I was able to get to, you know, get done 
And a matter of fact, I, at one time I thought my car had been stolen, but because of cleaning up, I realized my car was in there. It was just covered up and stuff. And I found the car. <laughs> no, but it is. <laughs> it really wasn't it's, that bad. It's, but it's focus. <laughs> But, but focus is huge and it's, it's simple on one hand, but on the other hand, in today's multitasking, you know, attention deficit disorder world where nobody is really sitting down for long periods of time and doing anything. And everybody believes I can, I can send this text. I can write this email. I can talk to you and do it all simultaneously is crazy. So it's, it's just eye-opening both to the reps and the managers when we do this cadence-based approach and actually have them do the call blocks. It's fun. It's exciting. People are hanging up the phone. It's energizing. They're high-fiving each other. Um, they're seeing the results, and it, it, it creates an amazing energy and confidence. Um, and confidence and competence are so related when it comes to sales and prospecting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's like you said too, as far as once you, once they see that success and, and see that, okay, this does work, I bet that is um, really fun to watch. It's super fun. It's, it's fun for them. It's fun for us. And we see that, that progression. Now, does the management have the discipline to keep that cadence based approach up and really look at that? Um, and then, you know, many of the other areas that we talked about are, are somewhat related to that. We give up too soon. Oh, I've called him three times. He hasn't returned my call. Well, what is too soon then? That, that's what, so since 53% of the reps are giving up too soon when uh, cold calling, what is considered too soon? Well, the, there's research out there that shows that on average, it takes anywhere from 12 to 15 contacts over a period of 25 to 30 days to get a meeting. Now, does it matter what so type of contacts be, are they? Well, this the, the research that we've looked at and that we did was this omni-channel. So I might, I might interact with you socially on LinkedIn. I might send you an email. Then I might call you and leave you a voicemail. But it's that it, it's, it's that it's, first of all, no one can ever predict timing, but the more activity you have, it seems the better your timing gets with the prospect. But we do see that many of the reps that we talk to say, Hey, I've tried them five, six, seven times. I'm starting to feel like a stalker. I'm not comfortable keeping after that. And we know that it's, that it's not sufficient to stay top of mind. So we we teach them to go at this. Now, it's not the same message every day. It's creating sign of this orchestrated messaging that we can work through both on phone and social and email. But it's also then cycling those prospects back through that cadence. So if nothing happens after 30 days and 12 to 15 connects, I might put them at the bottom of my list, give it a 30-day break, and then start right back up with it um, and put them back into a cadence and a cycle. Well, then do you think that um, that some of those, as far as even just finding, like as they're maybe they're contacting and code calling, but maybe it's not the true decision maker. I mean, is there any of that part in it? Well, that's probably part of it. Um, you know, are we calling the right people and do we have the right message? I mean, those are two questions that we're always asked, right? Am I reaching out to the right people? 
and do I have the right message? And some of that can be answered by doing a little bit of research on the account and knowing who those likely players are and then having the tactic of, hey, I'm not calling you to sell you something. I'm calling you to get a little bit of information and I'm calling you to add a little value. So, you know, this whole content marketing concept is now playing into to prospecting critical, whether it's, hey, I know this great guy Chandler who's got this phenomenal sales podcast and I'm going to send you a link to that because I think that might be valuable to you. But teaching those sales reps, those messages have to become value-added interruptions. A, we know they're an interruption. But B, how can it be a value-added interruption that will help you establish your credibility and adding value to that prospect in the long run? What do you think then, um, like say on the study, this particular study, uh, what do you think that most sales reps that either are working with someone like you or just if they're trying to learn really what the reality is, what are some of the takeaways of the, the study that you think people should know? So all of the sales reps that start in our programs that say, you know, you're crazy, Julie, you're over 40, you don't get it. You know, people don't answer the phone. The phone doesn't work anymore. The reality is they're dead wrong. The phone is still an effective tool. People do answer the phone and it is an important tool when it comes to sales sales and sales prospecting. So that's number one. Number two, you need discipline. You need discipline and you need to have calendar management skills to do prospecting. Um, it isn't easy, but it is important. And so one of the big ahas that we often get in our class is just getting them to think about, hey, how many one-hour call blocks do you need in a 40-hour week? Do you need five? Do you need eight? Yeah, what just even deciding that, yeah. Absolutely. And for some of them, they're, they're, they have no idea really, you know, in, in any way, shape, or form, how many calls they're even making. And so showing them that they can make this amount of calls in a very concise time, and then they've got the rest of the day to do the follow-up, do the research, do what they need to do, schedule the, you know, continue to work that process is really, really, you know, powerful for us. Well, then what can, I guess, um, the actual sales rep, let's say that they work for a company that their bosses or just the organization is not investing money in this. So what, uh, I guess, uh, maybe the, the sales rep could just block off their, their sales some time. Are there other things that they can be doing? Well, certainly they can start to look at some of those best practices and do it on their own. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard to do it on your own if your management doesn't support that. I mean, at the end of the day, for any of our clients that we're working with the sales teams to drive this, leadership and sales leadership and sales management execution is where the results ultimately come in. The trainer leaves. I mean, they know how to get a hold of us, but, yeah. you know, w we leave. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So, so then they have to have that. So all of our clients um, spend more time with the, we spend more time with the managers on helping them identify, how are you going to work this into your management process? How are you going to role play, role model this? 
how are you going to expect it and inspect it and coach it and recognize it and all those things are just as important. So there are certainly some best practices out there that you as an individual can adopt. And one of them is this cadence-based approach and thinking through the value-added messaging and how you're going to reach reach out to them. Um, but I think that that's very hard for someone to do on their own. Yeah, and I was even thinking the one that I thought, okay, this is something that a certain percentage of sales reps are really either nervous or, or just afraid to kind of get on the phone or either or start that prospecting. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of going out and, and just trying it. it, just making yourself like whether it is setting up your own block of time or doing whatever you have to do, um, you know, through uh, listening to people that are, you know, motivators or positive thinking or something. You know, I mean, that is something that at least the sales rep has control of as far as their fear. Absolutely. And let's face it, success breeds success, right? So if you have one successful interaction, all of a sudden your confidence goes up and says, okay, I can go talk to another guy like that. And, but I do think that that's true. I think there's a fear of people um, getting an executive or a prospect on the phone and not knowing what to say, not knowing how to conduct a conversation to, 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 to sound like they're a knowledgeable resource. Um, and all of those types of skills and fears only go away with practice, repetition, and success. Well, with this study, was there anything that you picked up that, uh, that you really had not thought of before, or did it confirm a lot of what you've seen through the years? I think that the main point is the study was interesting and it confirmed some of what we thought and, and a little bit of the data surprised us. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's just rolling up the sleeves and creating a recipe for success or repeatable process that you can then go on and execute. So even starting with the basics of do I know how many prospects I need to get in the first quarter of 2019 to meet my goals? And thinking through that exercise and then backing that in to say, okay, if I need this many clients and I need this many prospects, how many appointments am I going to need and how many calls am I going to have to make? And then taking that and chunking it into actionable blocks of activities that support those goals, I think is one of the best things that anybody can be doing right now as they get ready, finish up, you know, 2018 and get ready for 2019. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, we're closing in towards the end. So now I've got um, just a few more questions for you. Uh, So I start off just by asking, is there any type of charity that you'd like to highlight today? Oh, thanks. Yes, I'm very involved with some local philanthropies. I've got two teenage children um, here, and my daughter and I love to go uh, to a men's um, homeless shelter here in Southern California called La Posada de Guadalupe, and we we feed them um, meals every once in a while, and it's really gratifying to to kind of do some of that hands-on um, 
help with some very grateful people that have a safe place to spend the night here in San Diego. And then my son and I have recently done some work um, at what we call our Community Resource Center, again, here in San Diego. And he's a Boy Scout and his Boy Scouts are very involved with helping them. They just did this really cool holiday baskets where they support some needy families in the local community with everything from bicycles for the children to food and diapers for the families. And it's, it's a really fun event. That's great. Well, well, what book are you reading right now? You know, someone just handed me a book the other day that I just started on. It's called the revenue acceleration rules and it's by Sashi Upadai and Kent McCormick. And it's a, a little bit about, um, as best I can tell, because like I said, I've just started it about artificial intelligence and how it's working its way into um, the sales process. Artificial intelligence with sales. Well, that's uh, timely right now. I tell you, that's become a huge resource for us. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. It's been a pleasure. And how do people get in touch with you, Julie? They can uh, get, I'm very easy to find. My name is Julie Thomas. Our website is valueselling.com. Uh, my email is julie at valueselling.com. And I do answer my phone. So that is 858-759-7954. So would love to hear from some of your listeners. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, thanks so much. And, and uh, till next time, uh, thanks for joining Sales Paradise. Thank you, Chandler. It was a pleasure to join you today.